Love is in the air. <laughs> Different kinds, quite clearly. People everywhere, out of their mind, act queerly. Hello, kids. <laughs> Got very aggressive. <laughs> queerly. It's, que- it's my spooky gay podcast. Yes, I know. Well, it's my spooky gay family. What did I say? You said my spooky gay podcast, which is I not inaccurate. <laughs> it's my spooky gay podcast. <laughs> I am so tired. I slept like four hours last night because we were up until all hours of the morning playing Stardew Valley. Like I didn't know that you were coming in the morning to yeah. record this damn podcast. The really funny thing is, is we weren't even playing like our shared file. We were all playing our individual files. We were just talking over the mic. I know. On the PS4. Bob and like, I do that all the time now. Well, I'll I'll get on to uh, it's like a free phone PlayStation. Call. It is. That's basically what we're doing. We put yeah. on our headsets, and I play my file, and he plays his. And last night, you joined the fun, yeah. and you played yours, and we all just like played separately but together. Yeah, it was nice. It was beautiful. If we had had that as kids, we would have fought so much less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but that, this is my, my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. family. <laughs> I don't know why I am in such a like weird mood today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I feel like punchy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm kind of there with you. Again, you know, kids don't stay up until five in the morning when you know you have something to do at eleven. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. I don't know what was going through my mind because I was like I was like, well, it's five o'clock. If I go to bed right now, I'll still get like six hours of uh-huh. sleep. It'll be fine. There is nothing worse than that. It's 5.15. If I go to sleep now, I'll get four <laughs> hours and 15 minutes of sleep. It's 5.20. If I go to sleep now, I'll get five hours and 40 minutes of sleep. Well, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened because uh, I was saying this in the mini-sode this week. I, I've been having low blood sugars. So, like, right as I was laying down at 5 o'clock, I was like, my blood sugar's low. And I jumped up and that was like an hour of production, me, yeah. like, trying to get my blood sugar back up. And then I was like... Oh, the lights <laughs> the, the lights coming through the window. I should probably go to sleep yeah. because Sam and Sarah will be here in like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, that's when I was like falling asleep. <laughs> really? Like, did you have did you have trouble falling asleep? I always have trouble falling asleep. Even if you stay up that late? Yeah. Cuz to me, I've gotten used to falling asleep at like 4, 5, 6 in the morning because of work that like it's it feels like I have insomnia, but I don't. It's just my schedule. So even on nights like last night when I technically have off, I uh I I can't go to bed at like midnight because I, I'm like, well, if I go to bed at midnight, uh, I will just sit there and stare at the ceiling until six o'clock. So it it can be very it can be very distressing. No, for some reason, my body feels that it is natural and desirable to be awake from the hours of like two to four in the morning in the morning and like <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> i couldn't tell you i wish i, I, wish could, I could tell could. you <laughs> i but i was always like that like even as a kid i remember like i've always been a night owl me too i know i because you and i kept like the same schedule yep i don't know makes well, it hard to meet people <laughs> not online <laughs> they're just not the kind of people you want to be meeting <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, welcome to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. We are very excited to have you. It is newly, uh, for the most part, February, and uh, the February has so many, so many facets. We have Black History Month and uh, and Valentine's Day. There's a lot of things going on in uh, February. That weird how many days are there in this year yeah. <laughs> moment at the end of February. <laughs> 30 days past September except for one and then there's more. And you're like, what? <laughs> what does this mean? It's like the only reason for leap year is to be used as a plot device in Pirates of Penzance. Like, what's the only reason? <laughs> keep it gay. Keep it gay. Keep it keep gay. It. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I February is a very February is a weird month, especially this one because it's supposed to be such a like 
wintry month and i feel like it has not been oh, wintry like at all in spring already it was like 60 degrees yesterday it was but then that's the problem it's like and then you, it snowed yeah, <laughs> you leave your house it's 60 degrees you bring a light jacket you you stay out till nine o'clock at night it's snowing and you're like what the fuck am i doing like what am i supposed to do with this so what's your ideal date <laughs> april 25th <laughs> it's not too warm not too cold all you need is a light jacket <laughs> set up and, and release <laughs> uh so yes there are a lot of things happening in february so we thought we would address one of them yes as today, today. is thursday the 13th poor jason gets to miss this month <laughs> poor jason he must have been like oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think he just gets the farmer's almanac at the beginning of every year and is just like flipping through with his fingers crossed like, oh, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, damn it! <laughs> no whammies. <laughs> isn't, there, isn't there like a parody, like a comedy horror movie, Saturday the 14th? Yes, there is. I've never seen it. Have you? I, I have seen it. It's it's not one of my preferred parodies. I, I honestly think Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, was better. It's... Not as good as the Scary Movie franchise. Yeah. I like, mean, Scary Movie really kind of hit it on the head. Yeah, kind of At least it. the first two. The third one was yeah, a little weird. the third one weird. got a little weird. But and then the, the fourth th- one, you're like, what the fuck yeah, is like, happening? I don't even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's like, I believe we have the Scary Movie franchise to thank for that stupid was thing. Yes, going we do. Weird. It's, it's like, I... And I remember feelings. dad <laughs> thinking it was safe to bring me and my friends to see Scary Movie. Yeah. And, and it was a Wayne's Brothers movie. And it was a Wayne's Brothers movie. And like four minutes in, he was like, yeah. this was a huge uh, mistake. You can see it on his face. The Arrested Development music starts playing behind him. Like, <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. I made a, I made a huge mistake. Uh, Go outside. The poster actually says, dead dove, do not eat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, this week we're yeah. talking about since tomorrow is the, the, the time of the Valens. The time of the Valens. We're going to talk about romance and horror. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about romance in horror as like a subject. You know, we have we have a lot of movies that specifically deal with romance. And then we have some movies, well, most and of the movies. We want that just to draw it. a distinction between romance and horror and a genre of Story that now has its own section in Barnes and Noble called <laughs> Paranormal Romance. Paranormal Romance and Paranormal Teen Romance. Yeah. Um. Fuck that Twilight shit. That is not <laughs> what we're talking about today. Yes, we will so not be like, talking about we Twilight. We get that everyone wants to bone David Boreanaz, but this isn't your show. This isn't your episode. <laughs> we'll get to you later. No sparkly vampires. No sparkly vampires. No steel. No. No. You know, I fucked once, so I lost my soul. Nonsense. Like, I'm rewatching Buffy right now, so just. Oh, like, I. Oh. I know you don't care for Buffy. L- I know okay. everyone. Listen, send in the messages now. I, my husband David loves <laughs> yes, Angel and, one and Buffy. Day, David and I are going to hijack this podcast to do like a Buffy episode, and I will gladly you. let you and have it fine. because I will have no part of it. <laughs> I watched the first five seasons of Buffy, and. It's not that I didn't like it. Like it was it was good. I just don't know that I would I would like be like, what should we watch today? I know Buffy. Like it would never go down like that. See, I love that. That's like my everyday. Really? I I've watched the entire series I want to say like 3 or 4 times now. Oh no, not me. No, I I love it. I'll watch Do it you like Angel? Again. No, because I never liked Angel as a character. I mean, he's an annoying character, but I will say that like the supporting cast, the supporting on Angel cast is, good. is very good. Yeah, but it's like I love Buffy. One of the reasons I like Buffy is because I like Buffy. Like, like I like yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar. So yeah. it's, it's it's one of those things where like if I didn't like Buffy Summers, I couldn't watch this show. No matter how much fun I think like Willow and Xander and Giles are, like I couldn't. Do oh, it. absolutely. I mean, you see that a lot of times where you have these like kind of these really amazing sidekicks and then you have these kind of like boring yeah, these main characters and you're like well it, it, i want it to work and that's why you end up with things like people saying oh joey should have his own sitcom yeah. oh we should have a sitcom that's just jack and karen and it's like it doesn't work because like, they sorry. need the, they need those yeah. other people to like temper them because that's the thing it's it's like i my understanding is that angel's show is actually very good and i'm, I'm sure that it is it's just i never cared for him like, I understand why he left and I understand why he got his own show. But, like, the really funny thing is, is 
if there was a single vampire character on that show that should have gotten their own show, it was Spike. Like Spike should have absolutely like, had his own his an own spin off. Yeah, like yeah. I think Spike's show could have been like really fucking fun. Yeah, and then like give me more Eliza Dushku, please. Like, <laughs> I mean, as a character, like I I thought Faith was a cool character. I think Faith is a cool character too. I think she was kind of criminally misused. There are a lot of I, I didn't realize it until literally just now as we're talking about it. Yeah. there were a lot of like anti heroes on Buffy. Yeah, and Joss Angel. Whedon really likes his his morally complex characters yeah. which have, is one of the reasons i like joss whedon yeah. most of the time you have faith you have angel is technically spike i think an anti-hero spike um, is an anti-hero willow gets real complicated <laughs> yeah yeah she In later does seasons. get complicated um there's another one i'm thinking of uh there's another i mean cordelia is not i wouldn't call her an anti-hero no, cordy's just fun yeah. I just, I just, I love Cordelia so much. What's the, what's the Charisma one that's afraid of rabbits? Oh, Anya. Anya. Yeah. Except for Bunny. <laughs> the only, the, the uh, only good example of a musical <laughs> TV show episode is Once More with Feeling. And I will, I, I will, know. I will accept no constructive criticism on that point. <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're if saying no and reason, I will not hear there, it anymore. There is a point at the end where they're, they're all singing as they're going to like the big battle and, um, Alison Hannigan cannot sing to save her life when she played Willow Rosenberg. <laughs> and there's a, there's a part that is just like something, something something kill her and then her line is I think this line's mostly filler and it's like, <laughs> and it's like I love you Joss Whedon you're perfect Never at changed. least you knew what you were writing yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but anyway bad romance bad romance yes. yeah today uh, it is called bad romance because obviously not very many of the romances in horror movies yeah, end well not a particularly uh, love positive genre I mean you <laughs> a few moments where you're yeah. like oh this is this is this for is the nice. best yeah. but um generally speaking the boyfriend killed somebody yeah so or is about to kill somebody or is about to kill somebody or is about to be killed by somebody or he's uh rebecca gayhart yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't even think about that until just now i was like that is the perfect uh segue into like non-traditional horror stereo or romantic <laughs> stereotypes in horror like that is the perfect one it's good my goodness um yeah so we're going to be talking about all facets of love in horror as a genre and i, I think the interesting thing about love in horror movies is that it very uh it very rarely I don't want to say propels the story forward because sometimes it does. Like you, you have certain movies where it is propelled forward by like a stalking situation yeah. or or something like that. But most of the time, it's just to have someone. Uh, do you find this that it's just so that the main character has someone who's always kind of looking out for them? I I do think that romance generally isn't, we'll say, performed. In horror movies, like we don't get like you know you don't get a meet cute in a horror movie. Kind of thing. <laughs> like like it, it it occasionally happens, but it almost always happens in like horror parodies, things like you know I Heart Zombies, like things like that, yeah. where it's not really a fucking horror movie. Or warm bodies. Yeah, right. Like, like, what okay, a the fucking... zombie fuckers can calm the hell down. <laughs> like I was like, what like a easy dumb Tina Belcher, like movie. back the fuck up, like <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but oh god. I used to have a, a shirt. <laughs> I used to have a shirt yeah. that just had <laughs> Tina's face on it. And above it, it just said butts. Yeah. And I wore it like three times. But I was like, I feel like as a, a male presenting person, I, can't, I, I was like, I feel like it looks strange for me to be wearing this. That makes you feel strange. But the, the full drag feels just right. No, me. because that's like a, a legitimate yeah, like, that's an illusion. statement that's and an illusion. Yeah. But. I guess when I'm out of drag just wearing a shirt that says butts, it's like a little bit creepy. Like, don't you think, like, I wouldn't want to run into that guy in the parking lot at 1 a.m. I mean, that's fair. I still bought my Edith Cranwinkle shirt. <laughs> Failed. Failed. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, she's becoming like Dr. Loomis. I'm just going to bring up Edith Cranwinkle in every episode. Now. I mean, she's a recurring character. It's just character such a fun name, too. It's just Edith Cranwinkle. It's such a fun fucking name. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, why why do you think that? Because uh, I, I like I was saying, I think that 
romances in horror movies oftentimes to have it's already established yeah we're we're kind of already like we're coming into a pre-made situation and i think it's it's for two reasons i think you're right it's that having that protagonist have someone who's kind of always there Mm -hmm. but it's also i think the red herring the red herring there's also the the protagonist always has something they care about that they could lose Mm. which is a big part of driving up tension which is something we'll get into a little later. But we'll <laughs> get there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, and I I think you're absolutely right. I think it does come down to having something to lose. And I didn't think about it that way. It's a good point. Because now that I now that I consider it, it's like, oh, well, it does raise the stakes. If you're not just trying to save yourself, you're also trying to save yeah. uh, this idiot who can't make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Got peanut butter on my penis. I knew you were going to say that. Well, you made the... Di- <laughs> I know you were talking about. I, I know. Uh, and, and it's to like. To be fair, he successfully made the peanut butter sandwich. It's just, you know, there was a little overflow. <laughs> onto his penis. Failed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of the. I think that's the main function in a lot of ways is to have the main character have someone who is uh, uh, expendable and who that they, yeah. they will or at least about. feels expendable to the audience. Yeah, I agree. Right. <clears throat> I, I think romance and horror is is very complicated because so many people have used it and have tried to find new ways to use it. Yeah. And that's what makes it so interesting is that you have the people who, you know, the boyfriend is the red herring. You have the boyfriend is the killer. You have the girlfriend is the red herring. You have the girlfriend is the killer. You have mm-hmm. the girlfriend is is, you know needy you have yeah. it's like you have the boyfriend have crazy ex-girlfriends popping up all the fuck over the place it's scott pilgrim in here yeah like that, it is kind of strange the way sexism rears its ugly head in horror <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's 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 funny because i think and this is something that is actually on the agenda for later so i'm going to save like a little bit of this but i i do think that um horror is actually one of the genres where I think sexism gets addressed directly more so than in other movies. Like, like I think that there is, there is a sensibility within the horror genre that yes, this is sexist. We kind of know it's sexist. We might wink at you and be like, isn't this sexist? Unless you're Dr. Sadler and you just Unless outright say it. We'll discuss sexism in survival, survival situations, situations when later. I get back. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but, um, like horror is very aware of its history and particularly modern horror um, kind of goes yeah, out of its so way to ever. address it when they are using a sexist trope. And it is interesting how some elements of sexism are presented unironically yeah. in the horror franchise franchises. But then you have literally the entire trope, the, the probably one of the most infamous tropes in horror of all is the final girl. Yeah. And it's like the per, the Which only is a person power fantasy yeah, essentially. The only person who was able to evade this situation was uh, a female mm-hmm. character with almost always. Sometimes we do have male final persons. Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis um Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. Um, we still have <laughs> we to still have, have a conversation yeah, about no, Nightmare on Elm Street it's, too. It's One of these days we will get into a deep dive on that movie. <laughs> oh god. And I hope you brought an enema for that deep dive. Mm, no. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. Um I don't get a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> Can you tell that we record the minisode in the longer episode on the same day? Literally minutes um, apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, the final girl, I think, does combat a lot of that. And this mm-hmm. is not actually a feminism and horror episode, so we're not going to get into that. I am someday going to exert my iron-fisted will, and we're going to have that conversation for an hour, but it's fine. I'll bring a book. Thank you. <laughs> I, was like, but, um, <laughs> I was like, it's not that I'm not interested it's in it. It's that you think you won't talk. I just, it's not that I don't think I'll talk. I just don't know. I have never done like a a really in-depth analysis of feminism and horror, I guess is what it I comes mean, down I to. I mean, I haven't written like essays or anything, but I've definitely... No, but I'm sure it's something you're more conscious of. Yeah, no, the same way that we're both more conscious of queer representation in horror than mm. a straight person would be. There are a lot of really good looking uh, queer horror films on Shudder right now. Yeah, I know. I keep going into that collection and then just going, I don't have two hours right now. I know. 
I will say I watched one. It was like a gay slasher film mm-hmm. once. And I found myself. Was it high tension? I don't remember. Was it boys or it. girls? It was boys. Okay. Then it wasn't high tension. I remember watching this movie and it really like, at least for me, it really raised the stakes. Yeah, no, because you actually feel attached to the person's romantic partner. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) I wonder if this is what straight people feel like when they watch mainstream horror. I mean, I'm sure it is. Like, it's one of those things, like, I mean, even when we did, like, the Insidious episode, like, I was was trashing on Patrick Wilson the whole time. And it's not because Patrick Wilson's a bad actor. It's because I hate that character. I've always hated that character. And I don't find anything about him endearing or particularly valuable. Yeah. So, like, I, as someone who does not have a husband and has no desire to have one you know like looks at him and go looks at rose bird and goes kick this motherfucker to the curb he's useless yeah if but, you had swapped him out for a butch lesbian i feel like i would have felt differently yeah <laughs> would have been well she's just concerned she just doesn't want to get scammed it's different like it's I amazing know. how much like perspective shifts just how you about feel say, about something it changes your perspective completely yeah. like like i love slasher movies and i love sort of psychological horror movies and i just mentioned high tension which is a very queer <laughs> I've never psychological I thriller. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. What's it's, it about? Um, it was actually, it was originally in French. It's um, this girl and I don't know if they're actually, if they start out as girlfriends, but essentially her, her being gay drives her crazy and she kills a bunch of people is really all you need to know. It's not good representation. <laughs> yeah, but it is representation. But, but it is representation. Um, no, but like, <laughs> but it does kind of like, it was amazing because like as I was getting angrier and angrier, I, I kind of realized that, like, I felt something for that character more so than I've ever seen. Because I've seen a lot of movies where, like, a man's sexual obsession drives him crazy and he goes and kills a bunch of people. And you're like, it's and not And I'm excuse. like, I don't <laughs> fucking understand how I'm supposed to empathize with this guy. I don't yeah. understand how I'm supposed to do it. And then when I watch High Tension, it's a little more like, okay, I sort of get it. Mm. I still think you're wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's but not like, an excuse. But, but like... I, there's there's more inherent empathy there. I mean, I certainly get that. I don't I don't think you're wrong in any yeah. way, but I I it's now like we're I doing said queer theory of horror. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, okay. I think queer theory and horror kind of relates to no, romance and horror does. because there isn't a lot of gay romance in horror. I remember it's very difficult to find in a non-subtextual level. Yeah, and Although sometimes sometimes I feel like it's it's made very gray. On purpose. Yeah. Because you it's like you look at a movie like Scream Four, when mm-hmm. that one character, the one like uh movie club nerd is getting spoiler alert. When the movie <laughs> <laughs> uh the movie the horror movie nerd is getting oh, yeah. murdered okay. and he's like, I'm gay. I'm yeah. gay. And he's if lying. it helps. And yeah. it's like, is he lying or is he I saying it lying. because and but the, that's the thing. As a as as a gay guy, I was so hoping for the representation that it was like oh maybe he is gay and he's just never come out and yeah. he's like well will this save me in this moment am i if i come out yeah. before i die and it's like is it that or is it this other thing and that is something that i think is important to acknowledge is the lack of gay romance in yeah. horror movies looking at you because hayden Pettitieri would totally make out with rory culkin <laughs> in the same film <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't want to say it's impossible yeah, no, it's not but- impossible but like Listen, one of the the things, and I completely understand this as a as a homosexual woman who was who was watching mainstream media. There are going to be a lot of times where like characters are coded gay, where characters act like I would expect a gay person to act, and they are going to end up with men, and that's totally fine. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> like the faculty, like, like the faculty, <laughs> like like they literally are making fun of Clea Duvall. First of all, Clea <laughs> fucking Duvall. For an entire movie calling her a lesbian and then she's making out with Frodo Baggins. I know. Like, the fuck? <laughs> like, hell to the no. Some, like, like that is... Nothing hurts me more than the faculty sometimes. It's... I, do, like, I will say I do like the movie, but it is... I, It is very... Yeah. Uh, complicated. Yes. <laughs> no, I love the faculty. It's a great movie, but, like, that portion of it will always make me angry. Like... I know. And it's neither here nor there like what she had such a hard time coming out as straight like, like i don't for understand real, it's, it's like why has she been hiding it like why is this a revelation 
I like know. I don't understand. <laughs> and when she could have turned to anyone at Literally any time, literally anyone, and been like, like could have just grabbed the closest dude and locked lips, and she would have been fine. Like I, I'm not gay. Oh, All okay. Right. <laughs> Come here, Frodo. Come here, Mister Frodo. Oh, Frodo. I always thought he oh, was Elijah cute. Wood. I think Elijah Wood is a is a cute person. I mean, yeah. Like I I feel like I view him as cute in sort of like a kitten kind of way, like. In that sort of like I, he's small and looks delicate. I would not like, do with a kitten. Well, that's <laughs> what fair. I would do with <laughs> that's that's probably good for you. Yeah, probably. And for the kitten. Yeah, I please. Um, yeah, so that is how I mean, I know we've gotten so like way we've taken a really long winding road really off of tired, this path. Guys. Like, I, like, like I can't even tell you how tired I am in this very moment. But no, but so let's talk about a little bit sort of there's there's only so many different types of people in horror movies full stop but like the romantic roles tend to get pigeonholed in a way that is like it's uncanny like like there's only like three different types of boyfriend oh <laughs> in yeah a horror movie. <laughs> like, like, and they are they are useless hero archetype skeptical idiot or total psychopath like and, those and are your true. three options that's really it like, it's, <laughs> it's like you're either the guy who like you're the Patrick Wilson from yeah. Insidious who's mm-hmm. like, no, it can't be yeah. happening. I don't believe in ghosts. She's and only men can us. have that particular hang up, by the way. I have never seen a film where it's the like the mom or the wife going, ghosts aren't real. Don't be ridiculous. It is always the husband. Mm. Especially, I, I, certainly not in a, a movie with a heterosexual coupling. Yes. Uh, Which is virtually all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then it's like you said, you have the the useless hero yeah. archetype, um, and Which it's like like the boyfriend in every Friday the Thirteenth movie. Like all I can ever think of is is fucking Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. This is that guy's Jenny running it immediately down, like, 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 like immediately. He's just he's just Sorry, there for removing booby traps. Yeah, That's he, all he, it he is. really is. And then um, he gets his head crushed, and it's great. How do you think that Ash fits into that? Into into the idea Ash, of Ash actually is, I think, the useless hero archetype. I think that Sam Raimi twists it because part of the problem is also Ash kind of can't fall into any of these because Ash is the protagonist. Yeah. If it was if it was Linda, then it would be different. But since since sort of these boyfriend and girlfriend archetypes only apply when their romantic partner is the protagonist and not them. Because clearly protagonists are going to be fully fledged people most of the time. <laughs> most Sometimes. of the time. Sometimes. On occasion in the Friday the 13th series, particularly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, Friday the 13th, because... <laughs> they'll it... be at least half a person. And, like, <laughs> you know, and by the end, they'll be the only person who isn't half a person. But I'm doing... <laughs> I was proud of that one. I'm proud of <laughs> I'll give so it to tired. you. I'll give it to you. Uh, so the Russians give it a solid seven. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Which means Facebook will give it an eight. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry. And then there's <laughs> there's uh, the literal psychopath, which yeah. is exactly what it sounds like. It's the Billy, Billy Loomis. Loomis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Made you on sex with the psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Billy is... I know. And it's like, it's not like the idea of the boyfriend being the killer was such a new thing. No, it's really not. Like, it's it's been around a long time. It makes you wonder why Scream felt so revolutionary in making it Billy. I, I think it's it's not even that it was supposed to be revolutionary. I think it was supposed to be because of what Scream was making, f- not making fun of, but, w- but because of what it was building off of, which was kind of that MTV CW11 kind of teen drama hmm. that... Like in Dawson's Creek, it would never be the boyfriend, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so at the time, like based on the target audience, it being Billy would have been unusual and shocking because you wouldn't expect it. It doesn't mean that it's unusual for horror, but it was unusual for kind of the media that the target audience was used to consuming, I think is kind of where it fell. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Especially at Skeet Ulrich and look at how hot he is. And like, I mean, you know, he's it's, it's like not the, an unattractive person. You know, the idea is to make every girl in the audience be in love with him. And then at the end, you find out he's a Well, psycho. it worked. I fell in love with him. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Kill me. 
as I'm sitting here looking at Rose McGowan, just like, uh huh. I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> and you're like, it's okay, <laughs> kill me. <laughs> Murder me with your boobs. I, I always wonder, like. And now I'm back to Zenya on a top from Bond. It's fine. Zenya. <laughs> Zenya on a top from. from the only Golden. drag queen Bond girl. <laughs> um, pussy galore. Oh, that's true. Pussy galore. Another like, lesbian. <laughs> What's your name? Pussy. My name Pussy is Galore. No, she's literally in the film. She's like, I am immune, which is supposed to mean that she's gay. And then she immediately fucks James Bond. Like, immediately after saying that. Do you know I've never seen the movie with Pussy Galore? I haven't either. I've, I've seen that I've obviously scene. heard the, <laughs> I've heard her name, but. Yeah. And I was a pretty big Bond film fan growing up. Yeah, I never up. liked Bond. I liked Bond. I didn't, I didn't necessarily. Uh, the, I like Money Penny, but Bond was kind of. <laughs> Kind of hit or miss. I liked Bond. I I think I the idea Bond, of then. being like the superhero appealed to me and being yeah. like the savvy spy appealed to me. I wasn't really in it for like the the like ladies man <laughs> aspect of I, it. I wouldn't but... really have expected you to be. Yeah. I like the Pierce Brosnan movies. The Pierce Brosnan movies are pretty good. Agreed. Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig <laughs> were probably my favorite Bonds. Uh, I did not care for... Uh, what's his name from the 70s? Roger, Roger Moore, Moore, who's a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Enough I don't even know why he was Bond. It's like the most mediocre idiot looking guy. He barely moved. We are seriously trying to get like death threats. Stopped. Oh no, Roger Moore, the guy who hates trans people. Doesn't no, Roger Moore is an idiot. I'm not saying that he's <laughs> won't not. won't like me. No, I'm, I'm not saying that Roger Moore is not a moron. I'm just saying that. People who like Roger Pe- Moore. People will be who upset. like Bond are kind Listen, of you can like Roger Moore all you want. You're wrong, but you, you can do it. <laughs> I mean, Sean Connery's an asshole too, but he's clearly a superior is he? Bond. Yeah, he's a total asshole. Oh, I've never heard any stories about Sean Connery. Um, He's more just terrible to women than oh. he is to specifically the gay community, but he's he's not a he's not a great guy. Oh, I didn't know to, that. Um, his romantic partners. I had never heard that about him. Yeah, no, um, turns out he was kind of perfectly suited to play James Bond. <laughs> so, like, but again, it doesn't really matter. And I still enjoy Sean Connery's movies. I just, I don't like him as a person. I know. It's but, like watching Rocky <laughs> Horror and you're like, oh, Meatloaf. Oh, oh Meatloaf. meatloaf. <laughs> that awful <laughs> moment when you're like, no, why? <laughs> why did you do this to me, Meatloaf? So anyway, those are the three like boyfriend archetypes we've got. Basically, we've got Billy, the lead guy in every Friday the 13th, and Patrick Wilson. And Patrick Wilson, yeah. <laughs> oh, Patrick Wilson. He's uh, so misled. He is. Um, and I think it applies to the, the ladies as well. Oh, there yes, are no, certain the romantic certainly. archetypes. Yes, we have the, the <laughs> counterpart to the useless hero archetype, which is the useless damsel in distress. Help me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I broke Just my Sarah leg. Michelle Geller and every, everything that isn't Buffy. Um, like, <laughs> there's slutty mcslutterson which is rose mcgowan from scream yes <laughs> or literal psychopath which is Gayheart. brenda <laughs> <laughs> although i will say there is one other there is one other uh person who's been left out of this that's true and that is the final girl yes the final girl is frequently not a great girlfriend yeah um for whatever reason i mean i feel like sydney gets a pass Sydney, de- I mean, but like, definitely gets a pass. Lori is is not good with the boys so much. She never really, um, has she never really hasn't. I yeah, mean, because she's second virtual. one. In the second one, she has like she has what's his name Ted. from Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember watching it one day and being like, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She's running down the hallway f- and you think it's from Michael Myers, but it's actually from a shark that's screaming. <laughs> Still floating like a turd in the toilet. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I do think that the, the girls get one extra one and that's the, the final girl. Yeah, but then like Sydney gets a pass in Scream 1, but then look at Scream 2. <laughs> like, and granted, yeah. like, not saying that my girl didn't have her reasons, but poor Derek. Like, I know. Like but this poor kid. I, and that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, I, that was the beauty of, of Kevin's yeah, no, it was writing great. is that it's like, he wrote it, setting it up to plant the seed of doubt. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, she fucked up. 
she fucked up so bad. And the fact that she wears his letters, like his Greek letters, in, in every, every other, other movie, movie, is just like, it hurts I know. me to this day. I know. It's like, like, it's like <laughs> I feel like Ghostface is stabbing me in the heart. It's like, <laughs> see, this is like the one heterosexual thing in, in horror movies where I'm just like, oh, feelings. Why? No. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's uh, that's the beauty of being a gay man who watches these movies is that it does give me a little more space to connect with the final girl because yeah. so often the final girl is experiencing something where she's in a relationship with a man and there's some kind of complex relationship. Yeah, I always have to pick a side character with a dikey haircut and then watch them make out with an ugly dude. <laughs> I can't imagine who you're talking about. <laughs> it ain't just her. <laughs> Many examples of this. Like who? <clears throat> um, In the Friday the 13th series. Um, Fucking damn it. There was a, a possibly implied lesbian in Black Christmas. Yes, there was. And we talked about that yes, a Margo bit. Yes, Margot Kidder was implied to be bisexual in Black Christmas. Yes. Never proven, no. but but rumored. <laughs> she got, got kind of the Dumbledore treatment on that one. Uh, is, afterwards, they were like, yeah. yeah no, but, um, <clears throat> no, it, it's... I find the female stereotypes, obviously, less jarring, honestly, than the male ones. Like, like I, I, I don't know how to explain this. This is kind of what we were talking about earlier, but I feel like horror is, again, that, that genre where, like, you have the sexism and then spin it a mm -hmm. lot of the time. So, like, I can deal with the useless damsel in distress girl because I have the final girl. Like, I can deal with the slutty McSlutterson girl. Because occasionally we do have sexually empowered women in horror. <laughs> like, so it's one of those things that I feel like a lot of, in, in a weird way, this is like one of the few genres where I would say that the men don't always get that. Whereas mm. I feel like the women do a lot of the time. Yeah, that's fair. Which is one of the reasons I like horror. But <laughs> I know, I, I mean, that's kind of one of the beauties of horror as a genre is that its whole purpose in a lot of ways is to turn things on their head. Yeah, and because so, the only th way things are scary is if they don't go the way you're expecting them to go. Exactly. It's kind of like comedy in that way. I mean, because sometimes the anticipation is the important thing. But. Yeah. Well, oftentimes the yeah. an anticipation is the important thing. But I say that about comedy all the time. Like, people ask me, like, well, what is funny? And it's like, it's surprise. It's yeah. something happening that you weren't expecting mm -hmm. or someone saying something that you weren't expecting. And it's the same thing in horror. What's scary when something is off? When yeah. uh, Rose Byrne walks through the laundry room and there's a little boy standing <laughs> in the corner that she doesn't see. And, and then she like, screams and cries. Yeah. Well, and, but she never saw him and so know, it's like know, it fucks with your head that's it's the same thing and and i think especially in romantic situations mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to keep kind of mixing it up and figuring out new ways to use the person that is the romantic interest insidious is also doubly interesting because like Rose Byrne is essentially the protagonist of this film for the first like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the second 45 minutes, it's Patrick Wilson. Like yeah, it, it does a complete swap. <laughs> it's it's like I don't even want to describe it as stolen. It's it was just it was an interesting maneuver that mm. I can't honestly think of another movie where I've seen that done. Like I'm having a hard time thinking of another one. And like it's really interesting because I really love that I think where the swap happens mm. is that just let me deal with this in my own fucking way. And she throws the bloody sheets at him and says, deal with that and stands up and walks away. Yeah. And I think that's where the swap happens, which like there's a part of me that goes, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> suddenly you have to. Literally dropped this problem in his lap and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, because he's suddenly forced to to deal with the fact yeah. that like, oh, this is this is real. This is not some, it's not just a ghost story. Yeah. It's like there's bloody handprints on the fucking sheets. Yeah. <laughs> like. I, I don't know. I mean, there is kind of something that happens a lot in horror where, you, it, it, like in urban legend, it's mm -hmm. like you have the female protagonist and then yes. there's a male antagonist and mm -hmm. then suddenly he becomes a protagonist at some point to go with her. Yeah. But it's not like, it's not like you said in Insidious where it swaps, yeah. you know? Um, he gets added in as sort of a support character, but he's not. He's not the protagonist. Exactly. And in, and oftentimes he uh, he bites it. Yeah. 
Usually. in situations like that. Yeah. <laughs> the only one I, I can think of where he As do he almost doesn't. all of the um, boyfriend and girlfriend archetypes as well. Um, yeah, I they mean. They almost all die. Yeah. All Be, well, because they were often the ones who, they were the ones who were perpetrating the worst parts yeah, of the they, rules. They were, they were either perpetrating the crimes or they were, <laughs> again, like you said, offending the rules to the highest degree. Yeah, they were the ones having sex. They were the ones drinking. They were the ones doing drugs. The hero archetype in The Damsel in Distress might be the only um qualifiers to that although they do have occasionally sort of overlap with the slutty mcslutterson part oh yeah like <laughs> usually slutty yeah. mcslutterson uh, turns with into the, a damsel in distress yeah with the exception minutes. of tatum yes don't kill me mr ghostface i want to be, be in, in the sequel, sequel. And then turns into a karate master. Champion. I know. <laughs> Cut it, Casper. That's a wrap. I love it because it, it like it. You literally see both sides of her in that moment. And it's again. like I know. <laughs> but and Rose not McGowan that she, and not that she's nipples. saying, uh, "Please don't kill me, Mister yeah, Ghostface," in a serious way. But no. it's like you see how they're commenting on the like this would be the damsel yeah. in distress, but she's not. Um, and uh, she's fighting till the very last possible second, which is why I love Tatum. I know. It's a shame we didn't get more of her. I know. Um, I, I also think that actually, weirdly enough, now that I'm thinking about it, you know who kind of doesn't fit these: Dewey and Gale. But I think it's because huh. neither of them are dating Sydney. Yes. It's, it's sorry. It's a lot no, to sorry. unpack. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. like I'm like no 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 no. You don't have to apologize. I'm saying like. It's a lot to unpack because on one hand, that's very true because Gail is a very tough as nails woman. Yeah, like but I would not describe Gail as a damsel in distress. I normally wouldn't, but she often does end up in situations where she is. She needs to purposely. Yeah, usually. she's purposely yeah. victimized by Ghostface. Like you have Scream to the the scene in the booth, yeah. the the sound studio. And it's always got something to do with Dewey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, scene three, there's the scene in the basement. Yeah. Uh, scene three. Scream three. Scream three, yeah. there's the scene in the basement. <clears throat> Scream four, there's the part in the barn mm -hmm. uh, at, at Stab Fest or whatever it is. Um, Stabathon. Stabathon. <laughs> uh, and it's, it, it, that is, she almost serves the purpose of being like, the person who is well-rounded, is in a, a quote unquote great relationship yeah. is a very intelligent and capable person, but who is and who that, ends up falling into the into the Gail role actually kind of kinda hits all three of them because yeah. like they make they make comments about Gail being like slutty all the time, even though we've Do never they? seen that. Nice calf implants, nice streaks. Like that's all oh, meant yeah. to be. Like you know, it's like <laughs> it's I'm vanity. 24. Yeah. I was 23 for a whole year. Yeah, yeah there is no, a vanity that. aspect. Is it, there's a vanity thing, and the literal psychopath thing is she's she's ambitious. She's ambitious. Yeah. Like well, because ambitious she's always to the point meant of to being be, willing to hurt other people. And that's the thing. Yeah. She's always meant to be kind of again a red Possibly herring. A red herring. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the funny thing about Gail. She's yeah, she's hard to break down. Today. Yeah, that's really interesting. And Dewey is always the bumbling hero. <laughs> and Dewey's a useless hero archetype. Yeah, he he really doesn't. With very, very occasionally the skeptical idiot, like occasionally. Yeah, but Dewey's not a psychopath in any way. Yeah, Dewey's like a fluffy bunny with his Hufflepuff scarf on. He doesn't. Care. <laughs> 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 Poor Dewey. He would be a Hufflepuff. He is like the Huffliest Puff. The Huffliest Puffliest. Yes. Married to the, the Slytherinist Slytherin. <laughs> there's no way Gail gets in any other house but that. No. At first I was like Ravenclaw and I was like, mm, no, no, she's a Slytherin. No, she's Slytherin. <laughs> um, so you wrote Not something. I'm playing that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You wrote something on the, uh, the outline here that I actually have never heard this term used okay do you want to uh sure the, jump into it the way i wrote this is literally the refrigerator in the room <laughs> for those of you who may be familiar with gail simone at all you're going to know what i'm about to say but i'm going to explain it to those of you who don't understand it there's Including a there's me. a there's a concept in um we'll say fandom right now called fridging and what fridging refers to is the death of a female character 
that serves no purpose other than to further the story arc of a male character. Why is it called fridging? um, Because there is a very famous, I think it's Amazing Spider-Man. Was it Gwen Stacy or was it? Nope. Sarah's shaking her head. Green Arrow. Green Lantern. Okay. In a Green Lantern comic, one of, whoever was Green Lantern at the time walked into his apartment to find his girlfriend chopped into little pieces and shoved in a refrigerator. And it's to do literally nothing except, like, drive him crazy and motivate him to go kick somebody's ass. Mm. Like, there was no other reason to do it. <laughs> so, like, which is why it's called frid- fridging. Because originally it was called women in refrigerators, and then it was called women stuffed in refrigerators, and it eventually got shortened to fridging. I like fridging better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> um <clears throat> And the reason I wrote this down on the outline is basically my question is, is this a thing that actually happens in horror that much? And as I was sort of thinking about it, because I feel like it's an important thing to talk about because this is something that almost exclusively happens to romantic partners Mm -hmm. in stories, almost exclusively. Um, The answer is, I don't think that it actually does happen that often. Like I could come up with two examples off the top of my head that made perfect sense and the first one is seven like yeah well what happens especially because paltrow is yeah. a very important plot device but again she's barely a character and kind of exists only to be what's in the box <laughs> yeah and um, yeah and the answer is uh a vagina scented candle <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's in the box oh god oh god close it <laughs> well that's important is it like before or after shower like it's <laughs> Fresh out of the gym. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure a ball-scented candle sounds real good. I wasn't like arguing I for it's or fine. against it. That's fine. Um, um, no, Seven, and there was recently a Nicolas Cage movie called Mandy, where I would argue it's the same thing. You know what's funny? David watched Mandy with, mm-hmm. with Julie, who yeah. is a listener. <laughs> Thank yes, you, I Julie. Julie. Uh, David watched Mandy with his friend, our friend Julie, and... Uh, I didn't watch it with them. I've never seen the movie. But they, like David said, he was like, I was not a big fan of the movie. It was very strange and hard to follow. I I only watched like the first maybe 45 minutes. It wasn't terrible. But I also tend to get turned off by fridging, particularly when it happens within like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Basically, it's a Nicolas Cage movie. Picture John Wick, except the dog is his girlfriend. Like, Mm. and you've pretty much got the gist. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a cult involved but it doesn't matter <laughs> um <clears throat> but no like one of the things i was thinking is is like a this is kind of a hard trope to see if it applies to horror because like romantic partners die all the time in horror and yeah, yeah. no they frequently die to scare the main character and but it's a that's horror the fu- movie. it's a horror like, movie like, everyone like, dies. everyone's dying to scare the main character <laughs> yeah. we have a corpse gauntlet at the end uh, yeah literally and Halloween. also 90 percent of the time the romantic partner that's dying is a guy so well, that's like, something I was going to say. Is, I don't know if this trope applies, really. What's interesting is you were talking about Fridging, and I was like, oh, that's exactly like what happens to Channing Tatum in yeah, Side Effects. absolutely. And it's like, that's like almost to a T yeah. what happened to him. And Or, or uh, would you consider it Fridging for uh, what happens to What's-Her-Name in Urban Legend, the, the first girl? No, if only because, again, part of the sort of, we'll say, requirements of the trope being met is that the person whose story arc is being moved forward is male. Okay. So I would say no. Because the main character, and God forgive me, I can't remember anyone's fucking yeah. name in that movie. Um, The main character, the redhead, uh, is ba- like basically her whole story is driven yeah. forward by the fact that her friend died in this yeah. horrific you know, thing in her car. And so it's like, well, in my mind, if you're, if you're not using the, well, it has to be to drive forward a male storyline, that's technically frigid. No, no, the act of it very much. So I think it's, it depends on whether or not you view the trope through a strictly sort of, we'll say heterosexual lens. Yeah. If you don't, then yes, no, that's absolutely fridging. But I yeah. would argue that the original phenomena that was being commented on was specifically that kind of non-entity girlfriend being destroyed just to make a guy angry. Yeah. Like, and you see this a lot in action movies. Like, this happens in action movies all the time. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, man has wife. Man's wife gets shot. Man goes on murder rampage among local city gangs. That's like 12 movies. <laughs> I know. Like, have like, you it, watched, <laughs> have you gotten to threat level midnight in the office yet? No, I haven't. Oh, it's it's fridging. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's okay. 
<laughs> but um, <clears throat> no, the, the 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 point is like, again, if you take this term sort of in it in its original intention, no, I don't think horror is guilty of this almost at all. Like, I I had a really hard time coming up with even two examples of it. But like, if you take it in sort of a broader context, it's in every fucking horror movie that's ever happened. Well, like, because like, there has to like somebody's, somebody's always die. gonna die, you know, and it's, like, it's, and it's always, always going to have an effect on the protagonist. Yeah. I mean, the difference is that in a lot of cases, it is the other way around, like you said. Yeah. Uh, it's the 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 boyfriend the dying, boyfriend dying yeah. to Motivate propel the girlfriend. girlfriend forward. I yeah, it's a hard thing, and that's why I said before it's hard to kind of discuss sexism in horror movies because it's obviously there, but sometimes it breaks the stereotype. Yeah, sometimes of it's almost and, flipped. Yeah, it it, and I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it's sexism against men. It's not. But it, it it's I mean, just in terms of, like, sort of the numbers game gets... And yeah, the, the numbers the game, statistics yeah. get swapped sometimes. I mean, sometimes, but then, I mean, I would argue that a lot of women have died in horror movies. Oh, no, countless. For, 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 for <laughs> next to no reason. In the arms of the... <laughs> start the in memoriam slide roll right now. Could you imagine we'd be here for days? Be here for days. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> No, but like in this specific kind of context, generally speaking, a lot of the time the victim is male, which I I do think is is an interesting thing about. Yeah, it kind of turns the action fridging on its head because in an action movie, it's it's a very sexist action. Part of the problem, though, and I think there is a slight argument to be made that those aren't fridging just because the guy tends to go out fighting like she never just walks in and finds him dead. You know, like that doesn't happen often. Not like often, he tends no. to be grappling with usually a much larger and stronger male antagonist while he dies. Except for uh, what's his name from Scream Two, the first guy. Oh, uh, Stephen. Is it Stephen? I think his last name is Stevens. It's uh, no, it's Stephen North. You're right. It's Stephen North because yeah. he was a he was a. He was referencing Maureen Stevens. Um, Yeah, it's Stephen Nort. Nort or North? I can't remember. Who knows? (laughs) He's in the movie for five minutes. (laughs) Um, But he he is like, it's like. I would argue he doesn't count, though, because he's not done to motivate. I mean, he's not fridging. Yeah, he's not fridging, but but, like he's not grappling with Ghostface either. But then like. Derek is literally has to literally be tied down to prevent that from happening, and he's still arguing with Mickey. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> like although you know who is in Scream One, kind of a male fridge, is uh the boyfriend Steve. Yeah, that's true. You could you could take it that way. I think I think there is something of a tendency in horror movies to view killing a male romantic partner. As more of an elimination of an obstacle to getting to the woman. Yeah. Because, again, objectification. But um, (laughs) it's one of those things. It's like, oh, the boyfriend's dead. Now she's helpless. It's used less as a means of making her angry and more as a means of frightening her. Mm. So I would argue that I don't necessarily know that we can say that they're getting fridged because I don't think the intent is the same. But I think it's an interesting statistical statistical exercise either way yeah you know what's uh really interesting and i only just thought of it right now is that fridging literally happens on dexter oh yeah literally like literally happens on dexter with a refrigerator with a refrigerator (laughs) (laughs) i was like huh that happens on tv a lot um it's it's a very popular way when actors are done with their contracts to get rid of problematic romantic partners that we want to replace next season to put them in the fridge yes (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking at you, the 100. Oh, I've never seen it. I'm never going to get over Lexa. I'm sorry, guys. I'm never going to get over it. What is the 100? The 100 was a really crappy sci-fi show that was on the CW11. And there was a brief, like, season and a half long lesbian relationship oh, on this program. No. <laughs> and this is also, this is not only fridging, but it is also kill your gays. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that like kill your darlings? <laughs> Yeah, except you're supposed to kill your gar- darlings. Please, for the love of God, stop killing your gays. I know. <laughs> but yeah, like, oh, like please. No. And it's specifically lesbians. <laughs> like, please stop yeah, lesbi- killing my girls. I mean, <laughs> it, the guys don't last You know who got fridged? Either. Tara McClay on Buffy. 
Tara gets fucking fridged hard to get us to Dark Willow. I didn't watch that far. That's okay. You don't need to understand it. No, no. But like anyone who's watched Buffy, like they literally like they make out. Tara gets shot. And then Willow goes crazy and evil. Like it is literally Tara dies only. She gets shot? Yeah. Huh. It's it's a weird arc, but it's it's actually <laughs> the, the really funny thing is is like the Dark Willow arc is actually one of my favorite story arcs on the show. I just hate how it starts. I mean, it's very interesting for Buffy. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I wish you all could have seen her face like, just now. <laughs> David and I have a coup date. In mind, we're just not telling him when it is. Please don't. Um, so good news and bad news. We are approaching the end of the episode. Yeah. But you came up with a, a fun little game for us we to did. play. And I'm very excited. Would you like to explain it? Um, essentially, we're going to play the dating game. Sort of a very truncated version of it anyway. <laughs> um, so what's going to happen is, let's say Pissy is going first. I'm going to choose a male horror movie character. And Pissy gets to ask me three questions, not knowing who this person is. I'm going to answer those questions as truthfully and also kind of as sneakily as I can. <laughs> and then Pissy's going to decide whether or not she'd go out on a date with this person. And if the answer is yes, I get to tell her whether or not she would die. Based on whether or not she picked, whether based on whether or not I picked a hero or a villain to start with. So I think I explained that correctly. Are you ready to go? You're staring at me like you don't know. I am. I'm. I'm. What I'm, did I miss? I have so much anticipation. I'm okay. like bubbling. <laughs> okay. Do you want? No, but that could just be the fact a, that I had Chipotle. Do you want to uh, be the the date e first? I will pick someone first for you. Uh. Sure. Okay. Okay. I'm ready whenever you are. So you get, you get three questions. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> so yeah, you've been thinking about this the whole episode. It, not the you? whole episode. I kind of had an idea of who I wanted to pick for you, but I didn't want to. Okay. I didn't want to tie it down too far. Go ahead. Are we related? No. <laughs> uh, are you married? No. Hmm. Have you ever been suspected of a crime? No. Those are all my questions? You got three. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Live or die, make your choice. Uh, here's the dilemma I'm having. Okay. You seem like a great guy. <laughs> To be fair, I didn't mean that I was the person. <laughs> but go ahead. Sex <laughs> on a weird I, I know. thing when you, when you look at it that way. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Imagine me as the host of the game show. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> he seems like a great guy. Okay. He seems almost too good to be true. Okay. And so I'm thinking I shouldn't go on a date with him because he, he's going to kill me because he's gotten away with whatever it is he's been doing. Is that your final answer? No, because okay. I also know you and I know that you are uh, a trickster god. <laughs> and you're going to try to get me to think that he is a villain so that I won't go on the date with him and I will have missed out on the love of my horror life. Okay. So I'm going to go on the date. You're dead. I know it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you just went on a date with Stu. Huh. He, uh, mm -hmm. I guess he wasn't, thought about it. I guess he wasn't suspected of a nope, crime. Nope, he never got dragged in. Uh, and all the boys got questions, so that doesn't count. Yeah. What were my other questions? He's not married. He's not married. And we're not related. You're not related. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> all right. I'm thinking of a number <laughs> between one and a thousand. Okay. Um, I. <laughs> where are you going with this? <laughs> I. <laughs> I'll tell you where this is going. Um, I could make this very convoluted. Oh no! Remember, it's only three questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Okay. All right. I. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm For trying... the record, she knew we were doing this. I, like, but I didn't have time ago. to yeah, think no, about okay. it. All right. So here's the here's the deal. Here's the the tea. Mm-hmm. I have an idea, but again, might be difficult to answer some questions. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. <clears throat> would they describe themselves as a girly girl? Do you think? Would you describe them that way? No. Okay. Have they ever come into contact? Oh, okay. No, I'll say no. Okay, all right. Um, To your knowledge, have they ever come into contact with something that did not originate on this planet? No. Okay. Power tools, yay or nay? Nay. Okay. This is essentially a shot in the dark and I needed like 10 more questions. I know. So if we need to play this, if we play this game ever again, we're going we're gonna to up the question count. <laughs> to at least five. Yeah. Because three questions, yeah, you're three just getting to the basics. Yeah. <laughs> you're it's, like, it's are, you are you human? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a gamble and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to go out. You're going to go on I'm going to do it. I have good news. Really? You're dead. Great. <laughs> Who killed me? Brenda. Oh, of course. I don't believe she ever used power tools. She favored the axe. She did favor the axe. The axe and like convoluted traps. And knives and like some rope. Yeah. And some like psychological torture. Psychological torture. So at least I know it'll be a fun evening. Yeah. A lot of waving. Yeah. Like it's going to be interesting. <laughs> like I'm not, it's not, it's not just going to be like, bam. Like, I mean, if I gotten like Mrs. Voorhees, like it was going to last like five seconds. Like at least like, you know, Deborah, Brenda will take me to dinner first. Like a real lady. Like a real lady. You know, she'll treat me right before she kills me. And that's, 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 that's all, it's respect that it matters to me. Most. I know. And and she is very respectful <laughs> unless she's killing you. Yes, unless she's killing me. <laughs> all right, so that and, actually, that didn't go too bad. And yeah. she enjoys car rides. She does. Long car rides. Short car rides, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're longer for her than for me, but that doesn't mean she doesn't like them. <laughs> Oh, we both died. Yeah, that's unsurprising. Yours, <laughs> yours was considerably harder, though, I will say, because so many options for the the for female the girl, are, are the good, final are, girl. Are the good option, yeah. yeah. And that was why I went with I, I Brenda. I had a strong suspicion that I was going to die. As did but, I. But there was, there was very little chance, honestly, that I was going to narrow it down to the point where I honestly had a moment where I'm like, it's going to be Brenda. Like... And I should have just trusted my instincts. See, listen to your gut. Fuck politeness. Do what you're supposed to do. You know, just do it. Do what your instinct tells you. Especially when it comes to love. Don't be like me. In a horror movie. Yes, specifically <laughs> in a horror movie. Yeah, unless you're Sydney Prescott, maybe don't. Yeah, <laughs> like, poor yeah. Derek. <laughs> she had so many gut feelings, and they were yeah, always wrong were because Kevin wrong. Williamson wrote it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Kevin Imagine Williamson's if Kevin like, Williamson was your brain. It's like, like God, not again. Fooled you. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Williamson's dark helmet. <laughs> I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Let's see how you handle, handle it. it. All right, kids. That is the Valentine's Day edition of my spooky Happy gay Valentine's family. Day to you. Happy we Valentine's love our listeners. Day to you. It's uh, that you know. It's funny to think this is our first Valentine's Day on my spooky gay family. It is. How interesting. Yes. It'll be our first St. Patrick's Day next month. It will. <laughs> <laughs> and our first Sarah's birthday. Yes. <laughs> All right, kids. That's it for. Ar- well, no, I think we did Arbor Day. I think we started before Arbor Day. I'd have to check my Arbor. What the fuck is Arbor Day? I don't Not know. Not that it matters. It doesn't matter. I don't know. 
That's it it's for us, kids. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this uh, very loving edition of my spooky gay family. Please uh, let us know what you thought and what your spooky Valentine's Day plans are. We'd love to know if you're doing something creepy or if you're planning on killing your spouse. We want to hear all <laughs> Or if there's about a horror it. character you'd particularly like to take you out on a long walk to the beach. Yeah. Please Photoshop yourself into photos loving serial uh, killers uh, in horror that. movies. Yeah, no. Not actual serial killers. <laughs> Slashers, <laughs> Jason. We'll accept Pinhead Freddy. if you must. Doug Bradley. I would, seems I like would a nice say guy. Pinhead. Yeah, Pinhead's a wonderful. I feel like it'd be. I feel like it'd be a difficult. Um, it would be a difficult makeout session with Pinhead. I feel like it would be a little hard. I mean, I I can imagine I've probably had a harder time with some people. That's fair. <laughs> In my distant past. <laughs> All right, kids, that's it for us. Please come back next Monday for a new mini-sode. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. You're fucking crazy! (laughs) I prefer the term eccentric. But, yeah, I guess you could say I'm a little nutty. Why? 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 Still haven't figured it out, have you? Well, lucky for you, Miss Thang, I've got a visual aid. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Urban Legend, distributed by TriStar Pictures 1998. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara, dude.